What's up, folks? Uh, taking an ad out on my own podcast just so I can let you know about, uh, once again, these upcoming dates I have for my Hard to Say show. March 22nd, I'm in Denver. March 24th, I'm in Boulder, Colorado. And March 27th, Fort Collins, Colorado. If you're there, if you know anyone there, it would mean the world to me if you let people know about this. Uh, I'm going to be doing more shows as well. Seattle, Portland, Santa Cruz, Bay Area, look out for that. But if, if you could please let people know the 22nd, 24th, and 27th, I'm going to be in Denver, Boulder, and Fort Collins doing comedy about my experience living with trigeminal neuralgia, uh, a.k.a. suicide disease. This is a show I've been working out uh, for a while that, that has been extremely fulfilling and uh, wonderful, uh, you know, despite not being good feeling physically. Um, you know, I know I harp about it a lot and all this stuff going on with my medical situation. This has been sort of my coping and my reason for continuing. So I have, uh, uh, I'm excited to finally do it somewhere else other than Los Angeles. So please, if you're in Denver, Boulder, Fort Collins, go to kyleayers.com slash shows, K-Y-L-E-A-Y-E-R-S.com slash shows. Uh, I have a mailing list you can sign up for there as well. It'll let you know when I'm in your area. That's the best stuff you could do to possibly support me would be that sort of thing there. Thank you very much. Um, I hope this was a, I hope I uploaded this ad properly to my own show. In a world where every conversation is about what movie or TV show you've just seen. This is Never Seen It. Comedians rewriting famous movies and TV shows they've never seen. Hey everybody, this is Never Seen It. This is the podcast where comedians rewrite famous movies they've never seen before. On today's episode, the incredibly funny, wonderful, kind... Good sold. Daniel Van Kirk joins us. Dan has never seen my cousin Vinny, but he rewrote it and we read his script. Dan, you know, is the co-host of Pen Pals with Rory Scovel. He is one of the hosts of Dumb People Town with the Sklar Brothers. He's an incredibly good stand-up comedian. Just the best dude. He, he's been on here before. He's never seen Hoosiers, which I assume he's watched since then, but I don't know. But today he has never seen my cousin Vinny and he rewrote it and we read his script Please enjoy this episode. It is wonderful. It is funny. I have a, a just the best time. It's always good to chat with Dan. It's always fun. It's good to talk movies with him. And his script is great and hilarious. And I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, yeah. I, uh, uh, you know, Dan's on here. He, he's talking to us. He's letting us know that Pen Pals is moving to Team Coco, which is super exciting. And so you can follow him and Rory on their journey over there. And please enjoy it. I, I've already said it. You're going to love this episode. I Now I sound like the men's warehouse guy. You're going to love the way we make you listen. I guarantee it. You're going to, this is great. Just such a fun time. Dan Van Kirk has never seen my cousin Vinny, but he rewrote it and we read his script. And I think he kind of probably sort of a little bit nails it. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Please find me on Instagram at Kyle Ayers, Twitter at Kyle Ayers. I'm getting some stand-up stuff posted up there. I'm going to be going out in, you know, October to a couple places to do some stand-up as well. So find me on there. You can see all those updates. We're at Never Seen It Show. Uh, you can follow us on there. We're the actual, legitimate, verified account at Fern Gully, 
found our episode from last week about Ferngully, why is there an Instagram for Ferngully? I can't stop thinking about it. Verified at Ferngully found us, said they're taking notes about our Ferngully episode with Anna Gilchrist last week. Why is that? And why is that? Whose job? How did that survive the pandemic? I have so many questions. What's the ladder of like hierarchy? Okay. Thank you for listening. Find me online at Kyle Ayers on Instagram and, and Twitter. If you do that sort of thing, we got some merch at Kyle slash merch. If you want never seen it stuff or some of my stuff. Thank you for listening. Please enjoy Dan Van Kirk has never seen my cousin Vinny. We got your script. Very excited. Rebecca said she skimmed it and she's very excited. I did not I, read it at all yet. I want to I want to be surprised. I tried. Um, there was a part where I was like, I I I have to start summarizing. <laughs> like you find, like I'm I'm writing like full like script like scenes, you know, and I'm like, yeah. this is already seven pages. Like I can't and I'm so I we well, never mind you. Yeah. I uh it's funny, so you've never seen my cousin Vinny, and I'll record an intro. Is everyone recording? Is that okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll record an intro and stuff, obviously, separate. The two movies you've done on this podcast, My Cousin Vinny and Hoosiers, mm-hmm. if you'd asked me to list Dan Van Kirk's top 10 favorite movies, they probably would have both made it in there. <laughs> like, these are like, I don't know why, that just seemed like movies you would have seen and loved. I've no, yeah. I mean, I just saw Hoosiers a month, two months ago. Did you love Did it? Did it ring? Did it feel familiar to your script yes because i think i even said in my thing that he walks around he walks around with a rolled up piece of paper all the time like and he does (laughs) you watch enough award shows you've seen on like enough clips of hoosiers whether it was like sports movies or inspirational movies or gene hackman retrospect excuse me retrospective so yeah i uh it, it 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 was good I mean, it's weird how like '80s it is for being yeah. set in like 1953, but um, <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. Do you think if you'd seen it when you were 17, it would be one of your favorite movies? I don't think so. Okay, well, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you love it? <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. I just I <laughs> it just struck me as like uh, I, uh, uh, a Dan Van Kirk movie. I don't know why. Yeah, no, I get it. A lot of people. I think because you're earnest. Oh, thanks, buddy. I mean, um, yeah. I don't. People keep giving me shit because I do. I do the Hub City Movie Club, and we just do movies I haven't seen. Yeah, and they like freak out. I'm like, there's no way, you, like any like somebody was like, what movies did you see before 2020? And I'm like, <laughs> I've seen thousands of movies. Like, I've, right. But there's gonna be some you just never got around to. There's this guy. That's how this show exists. Yeah, there's two. You know someone who's like, I've seen all of them. Like, you know you haven't. I'm no, sorry, haven't. but you haven't. Mm-mm. Even if most of your time is spent watching them, you haven't seen most of them. There's yeah. more movies than there is time. Right. There's something that like you were like, oh yeah, I didn't like. I didn't think I'd like it, or I just never got around to it. There's like, every once in a while, I'll see like on Amazon or. HBO Max or whatever, I'll see a movie that I'm like, oh yeah, I always wanted to see that. And I have no reasoning for why I never did. It was a movie yeah. I was excited to come out and then it just... Sometimes you go through chapters in your life where like movies aren't 
a priority. And then you go through other chapters of your life where you've got that big time movie luxury life, and you're like, I'm I think watch that th- every once in a while I get so excited about a movie and the trailer and who's in it, and like that fulfills the hole that seeing it would have. Like I'm so <laughs> overwhelmed with the marketing of movies. Sometimes and the stuff. trailer's way better. The trailer I'm for just Pearl like, this Harbor. was great. You know what I loved was all at Ford versus Ferrari. I haven't seen it, but I loved that movie. I remember and you the probably, poster. You pretty much did. I probably like, did because yeah. how much could honestly happen? I bet they're it's fine. great though. It's a really good movie, but yeah, the trailer's just as good. I was starting to say the <laughs> the trailer for Pearl Harbor is ten times so much better, better than the movie. So really? much better. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, it's it's a great trailer. In fact, if I'm ranking Pearl Harbors, the movie is below the actual event for me for things <laughs> that I enjoyed. That's sure. how bad the movie was. I would it go really trailer. Bad. Then memes about the movie, then the actual event happening, right? and then the movie Pearl Harbor, which seemed to last so much longer than the actual historical event. They use a gun on in that movie. They use a gun on the ship that didn't exist at the time. And I, <laughs> That's like, really annoying. <laughs> yeah, but who's a... But, you know... But they, no, but they paid be, people to know that. Right. right. Like, the, the thing that... That's the thing. The, if they were like, hey, we were just college kids who made a movie, like, yeah, I get it. What are you going to go, like, right. find the right 50 cal? Like, right. But when you're making, like... Uh, the movie is name? called... Oh, Jerry Bruckheimer, whatever, like, Pearl huge... Harbor. Right. It's not even like the movie's called, like, Ben Loves, and it just happens to happen in, like, this backdrop of... They named the movie the historical thing. Because the thing is, too, it's like, well... Just get just get a different shot. Like you don't have right. to use that gun, right? So even if somebody right. said to you like, "Hey, just so you know," you'd be like, "Oh, okay. Well, let's just think of a different shot." So on some level, it's like it's just like some fu energy where you're like, "We don't care." Yeah. I just feel like if an AMC television show, Mad Men, could get the right ketchup bottle, right? Then like a big budget, right. huge budget studio film. That's about a historical, famous like historical event. Should get as everything ever right. Existed at that <laughs> yeah, time. it just seems like those details are maybe also, very important. Do you know? Do you know what there are five hundred thousand of in the United States? Uh, guns. Crazy dudes who would know what gun to use who would <laughs> right. work for free. <laughs> Yeah. No one, no, no event has more weird historical sticklers than World War II, oh, especially sure. like Americans. Everywhere else was <laughs> the war happened there, so they they're not like, what if we just goofed around about it forever? Right. Here we're like, my personality is based off of remembering what happened. I have mm-hmm. weird Nazi stuff. I have this is a mm-hmm. clip that I don't want out of context, but it's like <laughs> people people collect this stuff and hoard over it and watch the seven thousand yes. hour documentaries about it, and they couldn't and then like, watch it in color and then watch it in HD. Yeah. There is. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Uh, yeah. So sometimes the trailer is just as good. But <laughs> yeah, there's big, there's years where I just didn't see the movies I wanted to that year. Yeah. Sometimes, it's, just, sometimes it's as simple as like you see the trailer, you're like, oh man, I really want to see that. Something comes up. It's not in theaters anymore. And then it's like, you, who knows when the, when it's going to be available, like, back in the day like oh like never digitally like in right. at blockbuster right. or whatever right. the hell like you just forget enemy <laughs> of even the if state. you wanted to see it enemy of the sure. state for me saw, saw it in theater saw it saw it so late thought it looked super cool loved will smith independence day was like one of my first favorite movies sure kind of never really saw it then what am i I was never riding first class on United Airlines in 1999, so I wasn't able to view it that right, way. Right. Uh, and then where do you find it? I'm not seeking it out right. as like a right. 17-year-old. And then I think I like pretentious movies in college, and then I'm an adult, and it's right. hard to find. Yeah. 
Like, so this will drop in July, and later this month for the Hub City Movie Club, I'm going to watch my cousin Vinny. There you but go. last month we did nice. Legally Blonde and people like lost their mind that I didn't see Legally Blonde. And I, I'm like, really? Like, really? <laughs> like based off everything you know about me, it's like there's no chance I haven't seen Legally Blonde. Not that right. I wouldn't love it. Not that it isn't a great movie and super fun and, and all these things. But like, there's no chance that I missed Legally Blonde. There's, there's enough. No there's, there's so little chance that you're upset that I haven't seen Legally Blonde. Like it's <laughs> right. made you. I get that with Princess Bride. Sure. Where right. and I'm sure it's good, and I'm sure, sure. everything everyone's someone. This is like maybe the greatest uh, gift a fan has ever given me, and I've gotten a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah. Someone on tour last year, because the Princess Bride always comes up as like my forget like the Godfather, forget the it's the non prestige ones that always hit the hardest with comedy and comedy fans, mm-hmm. like Legally Blonde or Princess Bride comes up. Someone gave me, I was like, I don't have anything to, they gave me the beta max of the princess bride wow like who who could possibly watch that and now i have sure, it right. right here in like my down with my records but i think it's such a fun thing to have but who i would have to be the, a the substitute funniest, teacher yeah. to watch that like the 15 funniest, years ago the funniest thing about that is that like it's such a niche format that an obsolete format obviously that like mm-hmm. the only people that you would expect to have a beta max of princess bride are like fanatical fans of princess bride but now you have it you've never even seen the movie right i have like (laughs) a collector's item for for this thing also when it's a movie that like a another like uh like age group like every single person in the age group saw it but you aren't in that age group but they still can't fathom that you haven't seen holes right Because in their... I was really waiting for what movie it was going to be, too. Yeah. Because in their age group, it's like, that's unfathomable that you didn't see right. Holes. But if you were five years older than that age group, it's right. very easy that you just holes didn't see Holes is like their Goonies. Yes. Right. Which yes. I also haven't seen, uh, but I have seen Holes. But Goonies well, people, feels like... Well, people yeah. give me shit for not having seen Goonies, but it's not my age group, and my it wasn't my parents' age group either, so there was no opportunity... Who was going to show right. me Goonies? Like right. my pa- my dad's too old and I'm too young. So in and I didn't have a babysitter. So who the fuck right. is showing me Goonies? Whereas Holes, perfect age where I read the book. Right. Sure. When the movie came out, I was so excited. Right. We're just going to graze right over you staying <laughs> yeah. home alone when you were a kid. Apparently. Yeah, only uh, child, just <laughs> hanging out alone no all the time. No babysitter. No babysitter. <laughs> but if somebody had shown it to you, you might have loved it. Maybe I would have. Maybe I would have loved it. Did, but like who? But they but didn't. I can't, I can't think of a single person in my life that would have shown me Goonies this at an like appropriate a, age. This is like a harmless version of the argument where boomers make fun of people for getting um, participation trophies, but are also who gave them to them. This is like the thing where they're like, "What do you? Right. What do you want? The participation trophy I handed you when you were six? Right. Like, we didn't go. We didn't go get them. We were kids. Right. Right. Yeah, I, le- I learned it from you. I learned <laughs> right. it from watching you. Right. You guys in from 1992 to 2003 believed in youth exceptionalism, and you right. you bestowed that on every kid. We, it's I, similar I, when people are like, kids don't know how to change a tire these days. How are they going to... You're supposed to show them. <laughs> right. 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 Exactly. Because that's what you say. Who showed you? My uncle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, guess what? What it's, nephew have you shown or niece? <laughs> I love this joke that Todd Glass has, who's so funny. He mm-hmm. he is in the older generation, and sure. he talks about how some of his friends will make fun of young kids. He's like, kid. He's like, kids these days don't even know how to read a map, and he's like, yeah, but 
they did make one that talks to them. What do you think is harder? They solved the problems. Yeah. I could look up changing a tire, but... Did you uh, see... Did you guys see Pretend It's a City? I don't know what that is. I don't oh know what that is either. God, you haven't seen Pretend It's a City? No, that sounds kind of cool. What is that? Pretend It's a City is the documentary series on Netflix that Martin Scorsese produced and directed... Uh, of Fran Lebowitz, like, oh uh, right, 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 yes, yes. And there's a part where somebody goes, you know, my my two year old brother. There's like a huge age gap between this like 19, 20 year old, and she's like, my two year old brother is on the iPad all the time. Like, do you think that that's gonna like mess them up later on? And Fran Lebowitz is just so like this combination of like cynical, but also like face value, like looks at things from a different angle. She goes, I don't know. In 20 years, what are we going to judge people by? Maybe that kid will be the best on the iPad. Is the right. iPad how we're going to evaluate someone's ability to get through life? Because if it is, your little brother is already excelling. Do right. you want to say that like they're excelling by the standards of 50 years ago? No. But who right. had a magic screen in front of them 50 <laughs> right. years ago to do yeah. all the things that like, like <laughs> she doesn't say this, but I thought it like, like, yes, we're all very happy for the work of Lewis and Clark, but do you think that they, like, would have taken an easier option? Like, right. if they could have mapped that in a way that didn't see so much death and struggle? Imagine that, if they just had a drone. Right. <laughs> do you, you think they were like, that, that, that? no, we're going to carry this fucking canoe right. across nine states. We're trying to no. make a story right. people will misremember, so we right. don't want to use that. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, but that's the, that's the arguments like people have kids and they now and they are worried about giving them too much screen time or any screen time. And they're like, well, I want to have them read actual physical books and play outside. And that's great. But also, if all the other people in their exact age group are spending all that time online, they're going to be really behind when they go to school and everybody already knows how to do Right. All this shit that they have no, it's never like seen before. It's like the homeschool equivalent of life. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't, I don't kids, know what the right answer to that is. That's yeah. I wonder if the kids who were getting the most screen time did the best through Zoom education. Maybe. Yeah. My but sister's also, a, a second grade teacher, and she talked about there's just like so many varying levels of technical proficiency in homes, let alone the like financial burden totally. of at telling everyone to make their house. Uh, if you got five kids and not a lot of money, they're all supposed to be on five separate screens using the same Wi-Fi in different rooms, and kids right. are, like, troubleshooting. Right. It's kind of right. a, a, a wild disparity that I think, generally, we're sort of in the similar boat with each other. We know. We know a little bit about Mike. We know a little bit about setting up. We can make this. That we don't really realize that it's not so accessibly available to people everywhere. Oh, for sure, though. Totally. Yeah. I used to sell um, AOL DVDs as merch. Do you remember like getting 500 hours of free internet from an AOL disc? I would tell people after the show, I'd be like, I don't have any uh, merch or anything. I do have some clips online. Uh, So if you need to buy some online, I can sell you some online. And then I would hold the discs up. And uh, there's like a distinct time age where people have no idea what I'm doing. And it's like too, too high or too... I'm really trying to hit the like age group like i'm a tv 30, producer yeah, you know like what i mean 35 to f- like 48 yeah and right. so they'd be like right now i did a show in dc and did it and someone who's like 22 came up to me afterwards and they liked the podcast and they're like what are those you sound insane <laughs> explaining what that is to somebody You're selling the internet dude You're like this you used to get the internet in a grocery bag mm-hmm. for uh free mm-hmm. but once you use too much of it 
You had to get groceries again. Um, yeah. No one could call you. And then they're just like, now they're, right. you know, I mean, they're checking their phone while you're talking to them. You're like, that but wouldn't have happened. They don't know what the, di- they don't know the dial up sound. They don't know yeah. that sound. Right. Oh, none at all. But people don't talk about that enough. Like the balls of AOL to be like, <laughs> yeah. we're, we will sell the internet. Like we, we're going to sell the internet. Like we will be the like middleman between yeah. the internet and the world. Are and you they, listening? Nestle water. <laughs> they went for it for probably they, really they, they had like a good five six year run and and then that you just get on the internet and it'd be like do you want sports news yeah, right talk right gossip and it was like eight options to choose from and you know what i miss it sometimes i really do <laughs> meanwhile really- the biggest driving of all like internet commerce was the porn industry like of they course. have moved the needle farther than any other industry in terms of like video buffering like streaming transaction processing like every it's all been every oh, yeah. like church who's like well we did a fundraiser like and we made money that and like yeah you know why because of porn every porn, technological porn advancement you- seems to be a porn related thing cameras like the the the, the, the pro- when you see like old tins you know you remember <laughs> like tin imprinting like you have a picture yeah. of like billy the kid or something yeah well that most of the tin imprints that have persevered are porn. Like it's it, it it's mm-hmm. a, everything. Everything. I guarantee. I guarantee you the first image ever was yeah for sure. Because what See, else that's the other do? thing? And it keeps progressing at pushing all technology forward because people get so desensitized that they like well what's next and that's the all only right. and then that trickles down to everything else. Like I know we're, we gotta talk about movies and everything, but like. <laughs> That's a thing people don't remember too is like pre 1995 pornography was almost mythical. Like it had a very like where did you find this? How did you see it? You found like it was like finding the fucking nine and three quarters fucking platform in Harry Potter. Like <laughs> like you knew where a place was where you could enter into this world and like for a long time, that was like highly publicized in New York, but then they had a run like Giuliani cleaning it up pre-internet, where it was like then it was hard to find porn theaters in New York. Like I remember finding it like in an alley. Like we found a stack of magazines. Once. I was like, what is this? Yeah, it's so funny. Like imagine you're Rudy Giuliani and you spend <laughs> all of this time getting rid of porn. Yep. And then you're like, okay, you you go you go back to your office, you're like, all, right, all the porn stores are closed, and someone's like, we just got the internet, and he's like, what's that? And they're like, I'm, it's gonna fucking ruin your day. Like, <laughs> all of the work you've ever done was is now. Thank you for arresting Pee Wee Herman yeah. for keeping to oh himself. Who, but I still, who now I still has been took vindicated. down the mob, right? I still yes. took down the mob. The mob's gone. I'm like, nope, actually, no, they're not either. They just went to a different track out of your purview. Oh, well. Right. Yeah. Hopefully something happens and the whole world rallies around me. And then if someone's like, it will, but it's also not great. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to burn that, too. Yeah. It's- <laughs> what a tragic figure, actually. Everything, through that I lens. Mean, he's like Shakespearean. He's like Shakespearean. Your mm-hmm. life's work is taken down by the internet. Then you literally need an act of God or a different God, depending on what side you're on, to yeah, then yeah, yeah. Um, the same God. But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. you need some like biblical size event for everyone to rally around you because you're just in the wrong place at the right time. And then 
you know, what's the worst that can happen? Certainly in 20 years, you won't be at a landscaping company melting. Like, certainly, <laughs> right. there's no way you're physically melting at a landscape, which right. I, I still think is the, it's the funniest anything will ever be. We didn't get to laugh at it enough because we were worried about the state of the Too world. Many other things, it's the yeah. funniest thing that's ever happened. It's funnier than mm-hmm. anything that'll ever happen. But that happened in like the same month that he was caught on camera trying to Sasha have sex with a we, we didn't even remember that because it's like the ninth craziest thing. It, it, it's it's he's a Shakespeare character. It is so oh, yeah. crazy. If that oh. if you scripted him, you'd be like, I think Veep should tone it back. Uh, but man, the poor guy fought the porn industry so hard just for it to like rain from the sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll be okay. He'll be okay. I hope he's not. I'll never see uh, that movie either. <laughs> the porn that Rudy Giuliani no, got banned. No, the Giuliani story. I'm just like, I'm, oh I'm man, yeah. who? Someone's gonna play Rudy Giuliani, and oh god, uh, we know it won't be Christian Bale. He's already played. Uh, it'll probably be somebody. It'll probably be somebody 25 years old with a bunch of prosthetics. That's just like what they do now. <laughs> Yeah, sure. it'll, probably it'll probably probably Timothy Chalamet with like a Tom bunch of Holland. prosthetics. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like jowls. Like they're just gonna add prosthetic jowls to him. That's great. I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet. There seems to be less and less time between Pearl Harbor. We waited like 60 years for the movie. 9/11. <laughs> that World Trade Center movie came out in like 2005 with mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage, where he just and stuck under a building the whole time. Yeah. And then United even, even 93 that came maybe right was too out. Soon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah the, United 93 was 2004, 2005. The craziest part, United 93 was 2000. That was the craziest part about it. And they no, knew. No, wow. no they, but they kept, they come out, they seem to have less and less time between real life and then a fully produced large version of the movie. Like even oh, yeah. uh, Vice, is the guy was still around. Sure. It's weird. It's weird that you, the, the social network came out and it's great the social network's like one of my favorite movies oh, it's so good. but that story has evolved so much since then mm-hmm. that i wish that he just made a 10-hour hbo show about it now instead of making that then right yeah it's ready for a sequel yeah i think so too nothing <sighs> certainly there's no way zuckerberg becomes a bigger villain after that right remember when we liked him when he friended <laughs> that girl at the end yeah uh yeah who he who we gotta talk about my cousin Vinny, but who would have thought that would be the most sympathetic he would ever be? Yeah, now he's just displacing people in Hawaii. I and know. just taking, taking over Hawaii. Yeah. And Kauai too. Like the most like right. don't touch anything here island that they have. Wait, what is happening? Of the big ones. Uh in Kauai, he's like purchasing this huge chunk of land. Huge. Yeah, very, he's just like big... taking over. And also and obviously Obviously, Facebook being directly responsible for like the all right, etc. Oh. oh, just mass genocides in various yeah. countries, yeah. And the yeah. overthrowing of governments, Shootings including one and... that we're very yep. close to. Yep, right. And and my falling out with my uh, high school uh, ex girlfriend's brother. So right, all right. fuck Facebook. <laughs> Pretty tragic, right. guys. <laughs> Ironically, your your high school ex girlfriend's brother has an inaccurate gun in his profile picture. That's what they don't <laughs> know. That gun actually didn't exist then. Right. Um, so this okay. So my cousin okay. All right. Have my cousin Vinny. <laughs> yeah. We were here earlier. We were we were so close to it earlier. Oh yeah, we were. Oh, Giuliani will really get you off track real quick. Agreed. <laughs> I also have not seen my cousin Vinny. You have Me not? Either. No. You haven't either? Mm-mm. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, so we have no way of letting you know what's real and what's not. I know a little bit of weird trivia about my cousin Vinny. 
But I, I don't know why I know this. I think it's all from making um, games. Sure. And like for this podcast, I think it's all about making games for this podcast. But I know my cousin Vinny like won an acting Oscar. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Marissa Tomei won. Yeah. It. yeah and there's for, a for controversy that they think support. that it wasn't actually her name on the ballot. On the, well, who on did the they card. think it was? I can't remember. Um, it was her, but the like, I'm sure if, it was her. If you see the ballot, it actually says Moonlight, and so that's yeah, why everyone was confused. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, but they, uh, yes, that uh, it, that she didn't actually win it. And not often that's that a comedy garners an Oscar. I agree. Is this a com? I okay. I don't know. I really don't know. Oh, it's a big time comedy. Yes. Okay, cool. Ralph Macchio plays one of the, I think it's two guys. I don't really know. Um, And then something happens to them and they call, they're in like Podunk, Podunk, uh, America. And so they call their like fellow East Coast cousin to come be the lawyer to get them out. And everybody learns a little something about everybody else along the way. Yeah. Is it a mob movie? For some reason, I thought just no. He, I, I'm just being, you know, stereotyping Italians. I just immediately assume it's a mob movie. No, I don't think so. I think okay. he's just like, just like true blue fucking Jersey cool. lawyer, and I underestimate him. You know, they judge a book by its cover, and then yeah. he's a, like a great lawyer. I, I think. I don't think I'm wrong either. Some of these movies, it's like Hoosiers. Like I had a pretty good idea about what yeah. it was. I, I think yeah. I was pretty right. Well, imagine. I mean, Hoosiers is even probably a little harder to be super wrong about. Right. It's like, right. what do you think? Uh, uh, Remember the Titans is about. Like, well, I got a pretty decent idea just based off the poster. For sure. Um, yeah. But my uh, yeah, I my cousin Vinny. All I bring into it, no one is like Joe Pesci. I believe is in it, and um, I knew it had won an Oscar. I think from writing a game for this podcast about. Like comedies winning Oscars or something like mm-hmm. that, like some some sort of fact. But let's let's do this. You've never seen it. You can cast it however you'd like. Okay. Um. Uh-oh. And and we'll we'll go ahead and read it up. Man, I don't know how many. Do do I read stage direction? Yeah, you can do your stage directions. Okay, I'll do um, stage direction, and then, um, who do we have here? We have Johnny and Paulie, and Sergeant Bottoms. <laughs> And uh, the judge, and then the girl, Angela. The, okay. Lo- the, so, well, um, you can also well, read parts. You're not just, you know, just doing the stage directions. Yeah, anything. no, I'll do stage directions and I'll do. Why don't you do Johnny, um, Kyle? And then I'll do Polly. And then Rebecca, you do Sergeant Bottoms. Mm hmm. And then, Kyle, would you do you want to be Vinny? Okay. Okay, you be Vinny, and then Rebecca, you want to be Angela? Sure. And then Rebecca, I'll Oscar be the award winner. I'll be the judge. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and I think that's it, right? If anyone so comes I'm, up, you can do it right then. I'm Johnny and the judge. There's or a no, scene with Johnny. There's a scene with Johnny, Polly, and the judge. Is that going to be confusing? <laughs> No, let's, that's let's good. Let's find out. Okay. So I'm you're you're Johnny. I'm Polly. <laughs> Rebecca. I'm Sergeant Bottoms and Angela. This is okay. like the worst family reunion of all time. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the scene in Goodfellas. Have you guys yeah. seen that? Yeah, that I have seen. Everybody I met was Polly and Johnny. Okay. 
All right, ready? <laughs> ready. Let's do it. Okay. My Cousin Vinny, uh, as written without having seen by me, Daniel Van Kirk. Exterior dirt road night. A lone car drives off in the distance. Nothing but farmland and barns surround the road. Interior car continuous. Johnny, 19, drives the car, scanning the landscape for some sign of where to go. Polly, also 19, sits in the passenger seat looking at a map. This is what I get for trying to be a good friend. Middle of the night, middle of nowhere, trying to find some all-girls school. I should have never let you talk me out of leaving New Jersey all for some broad. It's not some broad. It's Vicky Damucci, and she's the love of my life. And if I hadn't gotten my license suspended for driving while making a pizza, I wouldn't have begged you to drive me. I told you not to take that dare from Tommy Gunani. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun to say. But you had to be the speeding pizza man, and now I'm looking for some town called Naptime, Nebraska, so that you can propose to a chick that thinks she's too good for Rutgers, and I haven't seen some pavement in three hours. Oh, boo-fucking-who. So what? You're out out in New Jersey for 12 hours. You'll be back in time for church on Sunday. Sorry that you might have to see the inside of a barn before we go back. Before you go back to stoop arguments and eating cannolis. <laughs> While arguing, the guys haven't noticed that a cow has wandered into the gra- onto the gravel road. At the last moment, Johnny sees the animal and swerves. He misses the cow but drives into a field and crashes into a barn. The barn collapses onto the car. Angle on the exterior of the car with the fallen barn on top of it. Uh, does this count as seeing a barn? Johnny says from off screen. Interior, police station, 9.30 p.m. Johnny and Paulie sit handcuffed to a bench. Sergeant Bottoms, a middle-aged man with salt and pepper hair and a beer belly, approaches the young men. Take a seat on the bench, boys. Paulie and Johnny exchange a confused look. Now I know you city boys think you can come out here to the land handmade by Jesus Christ himself and do all the joyriding and gallivanting you damn well please. I am here to inform you that you cannot. Sir, all due respect. But you got no damn idea what you're talking about. Well, I know I'm talking to a cusser. (laughs) What he he means, sir, is that we aren't joyriding or galvanizing. We swerved off the road to avoid a cow and accidentally ran into that barn. Well, you should have hit the cow. Huh? Hit the cow, act of God. Drive into a barn because you think it's funny, act of a criminal. (laughs) Jesus Christ. You say that name out loud, you better be starting a prayer. I got your prayer right here. (laughs) You keep the Lord wherever you want, son. You'll be in front of the judge in the morning. Do I get to make a phone call to a family member or my lawyer? You can pick one. I don't want to have to. (laughs) Cut to. (laughs) Cut to. Interior, very small but very opulent New Jersey apartment. Continuous. A hand presses play on a stereo CD player, and the sound of Paul Anka singing Tonight My Love Tonight fills the room. Do we have that? Nope. Okay. Close up <laughs> close up of a smile. Two plates of spaghetti and garlic bread are placed on floral dinner mats. Oh, close I have up, that. <laughs> close up of a pinky ring being slid on. A candle is lit at the center of the table. Close up on a bracelet being put a bracelet being put on. A doorbell rings. Close up of hair being slicked back. A doorbell rings again. <laughs> Exterior apartment door continuous. The door is opened, and Vinny stands with his arm open. Vinny is 43 and has never met the word subtle. Hey, baby, the only thing more perfect than tonight is the way you look. Standing opposite Vinny is his extremely longtime fiance, Angela. Her dress is too small and her makeup is too much, and she's gorgeous. That's a good start. Let's see if you can keep it up. 
Baby, you know I can always keep it up with you. And tonight it's just us. No work, no court cases, nowhere to go, nothing but you and me. You promise? The phone rings. Sweetheart! Once I open this bottle of wine, not even St. Michael could get me to take his case. The phone rings again. I'm not going to answer it. But you wanna. But I'm not. That's what the machine is for. But you wanna. The answer machine kicks in. I'm opening the wine. <laughs> Vinny. Off screen, we hear Paulie. Vinny, it's your kid cousin, Paulie. No. I'm not. The cork is almost out. I'm in Iowa. I got arrested, but I didn't do nothing. Please help me for grandma. <laughs> I'm sorry, baby, he says to Angela. I'm on my way. As he picks up the phone. Interior, naptime municipal courtroom. Morning, the long-drawled and honorable Judge Clyde Pokins is is addressing Paulie and Johnny, reading off their list of charges. Is that me, right? Yeah. How do you plead to the charges I've just read against you? Uh, We're still waiting for our lawyer, Your Honor. Well, I'm not. He's going to be here very soon, sir. Son, I don't have all day, so let's just move this along, and when your lawyer gets here, you can point him out to me. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'll need to. And why is that? Because uh, cause, uh, he's uh, noticeable. <laughs> noticeable. How? <laughs> At that moment, the doors to the courtroom burst open, and Vinny bursts into the room. Angela follows him. Point of order, your honor. Point of order. I request a recess so that I may convene with my clients. Noticeable like that. Uh, sir, are you, you are the defense for these two accused men. I am the represent, representative of innocence for these two Utes. Utes? Utes. Utes. Yeah, Utes. What do you, a speak and say? Utes. These two young men. Utes. Ah, city talk. <laughs> Recess granted. <laughs> Cut to a montage. Vinny makes the jury laugh, but the judge is stoic. <laughs> Another scene. Vinny interviews the farmer, and the farmer admits that he left his gate open, and that's how the cow got out. The judge is impressed. Vinny shows up to court uh, out of his flamboyant, colorful Italian suits and instead wears country and western garb head to toe. The judge cracks a smile. Vinny questions Paulie about helping his friend by driving him across the country. Even Sergeant Bottoms is impressed. Vinny questions Johnny about his trip to see the love of his life. Vinny uses this opportunity to draw parallels with the love of his life, Angela. The jury is touched. The court reporter cries hard. The judge wipes a tear. Angela whispers, I love you. Final arguments are made. The jury deliberates. The four-person reads, Innocent of all charges. The judge addresses all parties. Judge Clyde Pokins. I think we've all learned a lot over the course of this trial. Things like don't judge a book by the amount of cologne it has on. Always mind your gate and that sometimes mistakes happen. It's just part of being a ute. Everyone laughs. The end. Wow. I'm, I don't think we're that far off. I don't think so either. The montage feels like 
upsettingly close to what probably happens for these types of like fish in different water type movies. Oh, for sure. But then they're both the mutual respect slowly builds. Right, right. Like, and oh, then it maybe. ends with the person who didn't have the respect at first adopting one of the uh, fish's attributes, like saying yeah. utes. It's just basically like a small town version of Doc Hollywood meets the Chicago Seven. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. That's yeah. probably exactly it. Have you seen Doc Hollywood? No. I, no. I don't expect you either to have. It's Michael J. <laughs> I've Fox. I've seen holes. Michael J. Fox leaves New York in the middle of the night to take a job at this big, I don't know, some big doctor job in Beverly Hills. And on driving across country in his Corvette, he like wrecks his car. And so they can't fix it because it takes forever to get a part there. And so he ends up spending like all this time in a small town. It's a very cute, great Michael J. Fox movie. Okay. Um, Fish out of nice. water, yeah. learns to love the different life than he thought he could ever appreciate. Type I've always uh, liked courtroom scenes and movies. I'm trying to make one, actually, well, a TV show. Um, yeah? I, yeah. My uncle was a mayor of a town in Iowa, and he got impeached for drunk driving a golf cart and shooting fireworks at rabbits. And so I'm Whoa. writing like a uh, dramatic courtroom, not, or I'm writing a, a courtroom spoof based on sure, that, yeah. that trial. Yeah. Um, and so I've been looking into a lot of like courtroom types of movies and scenes and the trial of Chicago seven. Well, I didn't love, um, mm-hmm. it definitely has a lot of the good tropes of like, uh, the, the crowd going towards the people they didn't initially like up front. Like I think Sasha sure. Baron Cohen's really good in that movie. And what I really oh, yeah. like is that, and it also is as funny as anything can be. And this is a spoiler for that movie. It, it, it's such a funny joke, and I think he actually did it in real life when they drop, they like show up in the judge robes with police uniforms on underneath. That's a very funny bit to sure. show up to court dressed as the judge, and then when he <laughs> asks you to change, you change and look like a cop. That's hilarious. <laughs> right. Um, but the, it, I like a, I like a, a courtroom tropey things. I think they're very fun. Um, mm-hmm. A few good men has you know some and oh the my seri- god, this is the thing with serious ones and less serious movies all have similar courtroom stuff. Even like catch me if you can and like he he like plays off of it by watching them i love courtroom movies and i'm i assume this i guess this is from like 91 or 92 i think yeah it I feels like one of those I ones that either 92. established or played with those sort of like courtroomy things and i think a lot of the movie probably takes place in that while like you have these little scenes of him being a fish out of water or like right. you said in different water like around town probably like looking for a bagel or like something like that like trying to do a new york thing in a non-new york place and oh, they're like for well, sure. we have pancakes and then he's like what and he eats mm-hmm. them he's like these are like good too you know it's yeah it's not that it felt simpler but it's just sort of like a nice it just seems like a nice time at the cinema yeah <laughs> yeah plus joe pesci's always fun He's he great. seemed happier back then than he does now. His oh. face wasn't digitally de-aged, um, which is nice. And but I think, I think he's so good in The Irishman. I think so, too. He he's great in everything. Yeah. He's yeah. always great, and he's one of my favorite actors to read stories about because he just seems to resent the entertainment industry <laughs> with such a vehement anger. Where oh, he's yeah. like, people are like, why does he only do movies with Scorsese? It's like, probably, probably the only guy that he likes. right. He also the, holds the record for um, shortest acceptance speech. Really? really? What did he say? What a I think he just said uh, many thanks when he won for good. <laughs> you fellas. love to see it. I love that. 
Yeah. I think I think about him in Home Alone a lot, and uh, I, I, he's yeah. so funny. I, I just a big Joe Pesci guy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's the the thing on Netflix Casino. where they talk about Home Alone and uh, sort of like a how it was made type yes, of thing. The movies mm-hmm. that made us. Yeah, and it's if people are looking for like a harmless little thing to watch. This is a perfect thing. These are like 25 minutes long. Oh, great. If it's about a movie you like, it has interesting stories. Right. What's the name of the actor? I can't remember who played um, Daniel Stern. Daniel yeah. Stern. There's like the mm-hmm. whole thing about Joe Pesci tanking other auditions when they tried to replace Daniel Stern because he only <laughs> yeah. liked Daniel Stern. He's like, Daniel Stern's the only funny person here. So they bring in other comedians to read with him and Joe Pesci would just like hate them and berate like <laughs> just basically to get his friend a job back and i'm like that seems like a nice guy that's yeah. awesome also There's i can't, ima- I can't imagine anyone else being in that role but Daniel it's Stern. weird he's perfect right. in it oh, perfect they're really good there's there's a lot of good stories in like that 25 minute home alone netflix documentary and then if there's any if you like any of the movies it's worthwhile it's just like a good wikipedia page read you know what i mean when documentaries right. are like like this didn't establish any views for me but this is interesting yeah, no, I love that. They did run on Dirty Dancing too, a movie, another movie I hadn't seen up until like six months ago. That's actually our most frequently requested to do movie on this podcast. I would really? say is Dirty Dancing. We've done it two or three times. Has plus anyone a fan seen this script. movie? <laughs> um, but people ask. It's it's one of the few movies I ask people to not do when they submit mm-hmm. is Dirty Dancing, and I think yeah. it's because everyone it has everyone it'd be it'd be a lot of fun to play with too especially for how things like uh, uh age gap relationships have aged oh yes. for sure but also yeah. um they were i think they were only like in real life i think they were only like 7 years apart but is she supposed to be like 16 is she supposed to be 18 or i don't know yeah I she's 18 she's, she's 18, 18. Right. And he's supposed to be i think 27 Right. Yeah. He but looks, in real life, he in real life she was. Yeah. That's the thing is he just looked forty yeah. when he was twenty. Yeah. Yeah. But he uh, was only thirty-five, and she right. was uh, like in her twenties. She was like twenty-six. But you know, like you know, she's eighteen because the whole first act of the movie is him asking if she's eighteen, and then checking her <laughs> license and stuff, and then making her sign paperwork. So yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. very. A lot, weird. There's a lot of paperwork. <laughs> 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 it's a lot of it's a lot of holding up today's newspaper and, and that sort <laughs> of stuff. Uh, but that is, you know, that's a frequent. I like what I get so excited to like think about a movie like My Cousin Vinny because there's something about the 90s where it just didn't look like it was trying to establish a big giant thing to make 10 of. No. I don't yeah. know if there's Which a My Cousin Vinny too. We, we had tons of sequels. I mean, sequels have pretty much. Yeah, sequels been a aren't thing a new since thing. like Jaws, right? Like mm-hmm. Jaws was the first big like sequel. Yeah, unless you know somebody probably is like went Star to Wars, and was Star Wars yeah, and Star Jaws Wars around this sort of time. Yeah, Star but Wars. It Indiana didn't Jones. seem like everything. It just seemed like there were a lot of, and I know it's painting with a wide brush because I still will find like new movies that are standalone movies that I really truly love that are like mm-hmm. comedies, but they feel fewer and further between. Like I watched Game Night, and that was so funny. I watched I, it on an airplane. I didn't like it. Oh, at you didn't all. like it? I laughed but so I, much. I'm, con- I'm convinced. That in some way, I watched it from the wrong seat. Like, I just wasn't, like, it just didn't, if it didn't, if it doesn't hit you the right way, like, in the first 10, 15 minutes, like, Mm -hmm. contextually, you're just not in that vibe of a movie, or you thought it was going to be something else. I think that's what happened to me. Because too many people I like, like it. Yeah. For me to be like, no, it is horrible. It obviously is not. 
But I, I You're almost want to feel how it. you want to feel, though. I know, but usually, don't you ever feel like that when somebody like, was that a good movie? Like, I'll, I can say like, sometimes you go, yes, there's no doubt about it, great film. And then there's right. other times you can go like, I really liked it, but I can't speak as to whether or not you will like it. Or you could say like, oh, it has some really good thing. I think if you're in the right mood for it, you might like it. Like, the, so many people love it that I have a hard time saying it. It's bad. I think that it, it also resonates. Be. A lot of people in our lives are comedians. And I think people were very excited for a standalone comedy that had jokes to be jokes and did comedy to do comedy and wasn't, uh, was just, you know, that's what it was going for. Right. Um, was just, I think I didn't know it was going to be a farce. Yeah. And so right. there were parts where I was like, that you thought you were just makes- going to, were you mad that they uh, made a movie based off of your streaming events that you did last year in the pandemic? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but I think I didn't know. Like, I think I went into it being like, oh, this looks kind of dark and interesting. And that what I didn't realize is I was I was about to see like an absurdist. Like, this is going to sound so stupid. I know. So forgive me. But like Kyle Chandler, there's a part where he's getting like beaten up in the kitchen and he takes like three like hard direct punches to the face mm-hmm. and then the rest of the movie has like a small little red mark. that bothers me no matter what i'm watching when yeah. that happens i mean it happens in like i recently just watched all of the fast and furious franchise for no reason um for yeah. the first time and there's so many times where people are just getting your face is just getting pummeled within an inch <laughs> of your life and then there's just like nothing i just it, can't like, picture it makes me a, crazy. a more impossible to watch thing if you're bothered by uh Physical inaccuracies, like scene to scene, and then the fast and the fear. Like the, he's in a, gear fourteen in his car. He's shifted yeah. thirteen yeah, times. Yeah. I'm definitely yeah. suspending disbelief. Don't get me wrong. I feel like with Game Night, but, I, I, maybe you have a little less of that than you would be for Fast and Furious. For but sure. still, I but, agree with you. Like yeah. people, it's not that hard to break this ocular bone. No, here. And, and like, also when like you people see are getting someone punched. like getting up and they just get punched yeah. like that. Like that is nose, so much in the force. mouth. Right. Yeah, blunt force trauma. Like y- you should that- have a broken nose. Your mouth should be openly bleeding. You should be missing <sighs> at least one tooth. Your eye should be. You can't. You shouldn't be able to open one eye at, at all. All. Oh. Like and I, the other person's hand should be broke. Also, That's like, like the thing that also, you don't see the most. Exactly. Yeah, their hand. And, it hurts to hit something. I mean, right. obviously, obviously, the rock is like punching actual concrete and is fine. <laughs> it's it's truly right. insane, and you right. have to like you get what I, you're saying. I, but yes. but also like also like from a biology standpoint the human head like you bleed so much more from your head than from any other part of your body like as someone who has had like trauma to the head like the amount of blood the amount of blood is like unbelievable we're like full of blood full of blood (laughs) it's just like gushing blood like it should really be like streaming out and they have like a little cut (laughs) i think that hollywood might actually like being beat up yeah by a guy who like can actually break who in the same scene is like broken an entire car with his bare hands and yet he can mm-hmm. barely break your face i'm sorry <laughs> I, right. have a problem with I, I don't this. care he, like because even if he was fighting himself he would be hurting himself do you know what i mean if he's fighting the toughest yes. person that ever existed he would be uh incapacitating them with one it's i think <laughs> it might be an actual disservice it might be harmful to people the um the sort of like throwawayness that Hollywood treats getting knocked unconscious. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's like, Lo- it's like Looney Tunes. I mean, it's like, people it's think you can Looney just Tunes. get right back up, but no, it will, if you, you get knocked not. unconscious twice in a day, it might, it yeah. might have physical effects on you the rest of your life. You're not 100%. just like, right. kind of like, ooh, I gotta go chase after him now some more. Totally. You are, uh, as someone who played the pass out game in high school, it you can, did? Uh, <laughs> oh you know my what I'm God. talking about? 
Where you like black, force yourself to black out? Yeah, you just breathe heavy and then your friend just like holds you against the wall until you pass out. I cannot it's fun. believe you did that. <laughs> that is so really? dangerous. Kids die. You can't. That. You cannot believe I, I haven't seen Princess Bride. Uh, <laughs> that I believe. I can't more. believe you did it. <laughs> I had I the guy more. who has lingering uh, head and mental issues <laughs> from. Uh, yeah, it's you don't recover easily. It is crazy yeah. how. Yeah, I like the. Uh, as as wild and cartoonish as they are, the th- John Wick, which was directed by a, a former stunt person, sure, you can tell the dude runs out of bullets. Yeah, every fight, right. over yeah. and over right. again, and starts throwing guns at people. People are limping. And people get hurt. They're limping. The there's man a, there's who, yeah. cause and effect. Yeah, we yeah, follow well, like movie human is all bodily about cause logic. I mean, quite literally, yes. <laughs> but that's fun. It's fun to see like something that's created by someone who who does these stunts for a living, um, or did, and you're just like, oh, they they probably spent their whole life shooting seventy three bullets out of a pistol. Right. Do you know what I mean? And not reloading, mm-hmm. or spent their whole like, life falling of these, off a building and walking away. Right, because most of these movies are written and directed by people who have never been in a physical fight, ever. Right, right. right. Like the average screenwriter and director is just some some person like they've never been they've never been in a brawl in fact i would go far to say they're made by someone who's avoided physical confrontation Absolutely. most and, of their entire life yeah, or talked their way out of them in some capacity and maybe hasn't even been outside that many times <laughs> have you guys been in a fight i've like never fist fight? Nah, i've never been in a fight yeah yeah I have as well. I, I've also been in a lot of altercations, but that was not, those weren't like fights. So it was just me like removing somebody from a bar. Oh yeah. Those I've definitely been a part of, but, and then those like aren't fights. Two, like those two aren't like fights. physical sort of like a fight breaks out and it is no one, you know, the thing, and I'm not an expert to speak on in any capacity, but fighting is a thing. Everyone is not as good at as they think they are. Right. No yeah. one is. The only right. people who are good at fighting are the people who won't be involved with it. Yeah, 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 and they also aren't thinking anything. They have full knowledge. They just, yeah. they know. <laughs> it's like you, um, the yeah, the people it, that that sort of like, tro- like that old life trope of like, the guy who isn't getting into the fight is the last person you want to fight. That seems to be pretty true. That seems right. to be like the uh, my. This is such. My dad tells the story. My dad's uh, brother was like in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And is is a huge man could like crush a tennis ball in his hands type mm-hmm. of like strong like a new <laughs> pop open a tennis ball and crush it in his hands and this mm-hmm. is when I'm alive so this is when he's an old man sure and yeah. so this is like that's a different sort of strength and right. still he's a huge huge man he's sort of built like you know like when a wrestler comes back and they're like I can't believe that guy's still like coming back for for Royal Rumble he's still huge but right. he's like let go of the hugeness anyways my dad tells a story about their dad died when they were real young and my dad tells a story about his uh my dad got in like a fight over like foosball or something at a bar when my dad was like in high school and his brother was back home from the military at at the bar and it's like the fight breaks out and it's a bunch of kids who don't really know how to fight and then my uncle walking over and sort of like lifting it like he's not even having the fight he's just lifting everyone (laughs) out of the fight like Mm -hmm. i'm actually the only physical specimen here you know what i mean everyone is he's the only actual tough person that's why yeah. he was the last per- didn't want and just moving everyone. And yeah. my dad's like, before it was even over, he sort of beat us all at a fight 
and like restrained us all <laughs> and then it's just someone so much stronger than you everyone calms down because it's that's pointless th- to like fight that, against a wave that's the thing like the few fights i've been in most of them just end up like i wrestled for so long and which would make me a good door guy like w- when you kind of understand the physics of how to move another person's body yeah it's not a lot of fighting like you can just it's why the brazilian jiu-jitsu guys like all started winning ufc like well no i just know how to move like right. once i get past your like fury of punches like now I, i'll just move your body the way that will really be uncomfortable for you and that we're not like yeah. fighting each other anymore like right. knowing um, those just, like yeah. knowing those pressure points of just like i could just go like this and this and you're just done it's yeah. like leverage <laughs> points it's all like you yeah. it's that's yeah, yeah you if see i the, can get your shoulder going one way and like momentum with your hips like you're just gonna go you're you're just gonna go that way like you're and, just and, gonna, and, and as someone who's never really you know been in i've been in you Everyone will get tired faster than they think. Like, oh this just gosh. like, no one knows how this works. I didn't. I'm flailing like an idiot in high school, like a, like a park fight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Where yeah, they yeah. schedule the fight after school and we went and all fu- Everyone's tired and then you still just have to be there and figure out who oh. rode with who. It's like right. embarrassing. <laughs> right. Who rode with who. But you can get I, tired can, so fast. So you made me think of something though when you were talking about like fights and stuff like that. Can I say in trying to write the thing for my cousin Vinny... And I was trying to figure out like what they would have done. Cause you need to keep these kids likable. So they couldn't do any, like I thought about like, did they get in a fight? Yeah. Like whatever, like they need to like stay likable to the audience with having still committed some sort of offense. Sure. And then, so my best like way around that was that assumptions were made by people as to what they were really doing. Do you know what? And that's just like a real thing in Wisconsin. Like if you, if you hit a deer, if you're if, if a deer comes out in the road and you swerve to miss it and you run into a tree, like you're liable for your insurance. But if you hit the deer, you are not. That's because crazy. a deer is considered an act of God and you swerving wow. you created that accident. I thought that was just like, a joke in the script. That's like a real thing. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was crazy. like, but then at the same time, like you can't obviously you're gonna like be annoyed with like nap time Nebraska or Iowa, wherever I put it, but like those people you can't really hate either right because then you're like mad at them and then you like want them to get their like comeuppance so like it was a weird even in our jokey script like it was a weird thing to navigate like how and then you have to like Vinny. you have to like when he shows up like he's got to be likable (laughs) yeah there's always the they this there does always seem to be the sideism when it comes to like the uh um town like country mouse city mouse sort of thing yeah where the guy depending on the point of view of the movie it's either the guy comes from new york and everyone hates him because he thinks he's better than everyone or the guy comes from new york and he can't believe these yokels he has to interact with (laughs) right and really you just want to kind of meet in the middle and that's what you're hoping is that everyone will like everyone because i'm I'm actually like like really looking forward to to watching it this week like knowing that it's so well regarded like critically as well as like from fans and that marissa to me uh may have won an oscar for it <laughs> like like i'm interested to see how they tell that story like how you navigate that i like, do know i do know about needle. this movie in particular they are not accused of the cow situation it is <laughs> i i figured but they had to do something right like and, and, i think they're it's gotta be a murder mis- <laughs> no yeah but it's like the obvious. But we, we as the audience, will know that they didn't do that. I, I'm not sure. Like I said, just from like writing before and afters and and plot based games on this, that's where yeah. I know like um, 
they're like accused of murder. I think they 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 maybe I don't think they killed someone. How crazy of would we be watch not. it and they straight up did like murder a child? But you're like still and somehow he has on their to come side. In and he but gets and Joe he gets Pesci's them off so because likable. of like an evidence gathering loophole or something. <laughs> yeah, he's in there and they're like trying gloves on in the courtroom. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's a bad guy. No, no. He's just so Jersey. There's really no way. I mean, Joe Pesci has played the worst guys, and I, they're still my favorite people in the movie he's in. Why do you think that is? Because he's charismatic That's just charisma. and funny. Yeah, yeah. It's just, he's just funny. You can just get away with it. He's so funny in Goodfellas and like aware, and until he's not aware, and then it's bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, but he's just you, you. Yeah, like he's even really likable in Casino, and he's not as redeeming in that as he no. is in in Goodfellas. Yeah, maybe just like him. Yeah. No, I, I, I so I, I'm interested to see how how it goes. Well, tell everyone where they can follow up with you when you do watch it. Let's we'll wrap up and I think that's a good way to get into the wrapping of the up. Oh, tell awesome. them to, once you do follow up, let them know where to find you, what you got going yeah. on, and, and so, they can see where they can listen to you having had watched it. Uh, at Daniel Van Kirk, and then I do like these digital shows. Um, uh, one is like Bingo. And it's real prizes and stuff. And we even do a thing where uh, money is raised for no-kill animal shelters, big brothers, big sisters, and food banks across America. So, like, if somebody playing is in Michigan and they win bingo, then they get to pick one of those three organizations in their hometown or maybe somewhere they used to live or just maybe they have a friend in New York running a no-kill shelter. Wherever they want, they get to pick one of those organizations. So we kind of spread it out, which I really like. Uh, And then I do... Uh, pub trivia night, which is exactly what it sounds like, minus the bar. So it's whatever bar you have in your house. And we've got a league and we've got teams. And the uh, grand prize winning team will pick a place where they all want to get together. And then I will come there and do a live show uh, just for them That's or fine. like a live game night and hang in person. And you can win money every single time we do that as well. Uh, everything's at DanielVanKirk.com. The, some big news, though, starting, we just announced a few weeks ago, July 28th will be the first full episode. There's some uh, teasers that have started just now of uh, Rory Scoville and I have a podcast called Pen Pals, and we are about to be, I guess we are already part of uh, Team Coco. So, uh, yeah. Um, awesome. Just in time for Conan to get out of TV. Right. We are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I just I, sent in my packet uh, really? to work for TBS. <laughs> I hope he, I, hope, <laughs> I really hope they read it over there. I mean, he's still going to do something. I, I think like he's got to deal with HBO Max, where he might do some yeah, sort of I like think that, travel. Uh, like we in, could, I could go in a interest. huge rabbit hole, but the the less involved a television network is with what Conan is doing, the more wonderful. The oh my god, I totally. Uh, so, so we're just so yeah. pumped to uh, be a part of that. That's kind of like the biggest thing that's happening right now. But next month. Um, August 11th, I start my tour. Uh, it's the Together Again tour. A couple of years ago, I did the Together tour, and now we all literally get to be together again. So um, it's the Together Again tour. It starts August 11th in Chicago, Illinois, and it uh, ends. Uh, it wraps up November 19th in Rochelle, Illinois. And in between there, I've got like 50. Those two dates, I think I've got like 50 some odd cities. So wow. Yeah, wow, everything cool. is at danielvankirk.com. I'm going to be on the road a lot. And if you go and check it out and you say like, at least I would say right away, if you check it out and you don't see your city, um, message me. Go to Daniel Van Kirk uh, on Instagram and say like, hey, we got a great venue. Maybe I'll come there too. If it's on the road and I'm already out, I'm down. So nice. that's kind of everything. Hell yeah. Oh, and dumb people down with the Sklars right here on Starburns. Yep. Um, 
Yeah. That's a lot. That was you'll edit that. Right? <laughs> Just go to DanielVanKirk.com. That's what you want to do. Yeah. people know how to find stuff. So yeah. I usually just like go find you know, here's what's Have going you, on. Are you, you guys on it. are you guys on Line. everything uh social media wise? The show? Yeah, you personally yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I tend to I not think check. I'm just gonna go down to Instagram. I think that's really here's uh, what you could yeah. do. And this is what I've thought about is if you could just straight up go down to Instagram and just have it auto tweet out when you post on there. You don't even have to log into it anymore. Yeah, I guess maybe that's what I'll do. Have I just, it auto um, post everywhere else because you know you maybe got folks sitting around on there. It just uh, feels like the most uh, interactive. I don't know, and I can't tell if it's like what I'm doing works most in that form of tending to be like visual. I'm only on Parlor now, so I'm not sure exactly. Um, oh, that's great, man. You're going to get in a fight. You're gonna get I, so I got many. 10 fans, but they'll do anything I ask. You're going to get right. so right. many fights. They are loyal. I'm going to tell you, those those Parlor people are loyal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I think if you're writing jokes three times a day, Twitter really responds to what you're doing. If you're posting like pictures and stuff, I don't think the algorithm in Twitter is like, that's not. I gotta figure don't. out whichever one likes you when once a month for four days you really care, and the rest of the time you sort of are laying down. I, I would still probably say Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My favorite one to watch though is TikTok. TikTok oh, it knows. is, is it phenomenal. Knows. Yeah, it, that's it. That should it be the tag. That tag. I'm like TikTok afraid of the specificity of TikTok. If I'm being honest, like sometimes. I'll, I'll be scrolling through TikTok and you'll be like, just talk to a redheaded and bald friend of yours on Zoom. Check this out. I'm like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> it's scary. Yeah. The, the TikTok asked me yesterday, what did you think of the last video? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Did you not? Do you like not know it? if you no, liked it or not? It. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, I don't even think, I, I don't want to answer you. My favorite bit, this is all I really do. On, I, I scroll on TikTok and if it's a sports highlight, I comment what sport is this? And that's real fun because I get some Kyle. engagement. Like if it's a, it's like a Lionel Messi highlight and I'll be like, what sport is this? And I just, oh, I that. love that. No, I gain nothing from it. No one follows me. No one watches my videos. But you do videos. gain. You get, you, sometimes but it's you a funny bit. entertain yourself. Yes. It's harmless. Or if right. it's like, sometimes it'll be like a video of Kanye West and I'll be like, who is that? Like I love to comment completely oblivious Because there are things. always people who are like, Really? They get so mad. They'll tell you. Yeah, they get really upset. Damn it, Kyle. The soccer one will always be, it's called football, but I bet you call it soccer. And I'm like, oh, now you just like mad at me twice. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know Uh, that the word soccer, though, comes from Europe? Really? Yes. They created that. And then so we started calling it that. And then they went back to football. That's so funny. It, it it comes from like um, the old the old switcheroo is what it is, which is what Australians like, call soccer. Yeah, it was like a, something like a play on like association or club or whatever like that, and they call it was like soccer like became the term, and so then we did that, and then they went back. The rest of the world like went to football. That's so but, funny. Yeah, and it might be specifically the UK that was like it's soccer, and then we were like, okay, cool, soccer. And That's what like, they nah. did with uh, the imperial measurement system as well. They really, <laughs> they really zigged when we all zagged. Zagged, yeah. And you sure. know, now here we are zagging with completely bizarre measurements. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, Dan, thanks for being here. This thanks was for great. Never seen my cousin Vidi. Rebecca, thank you for being here. Thank, thank you for you. having never seen the movie. Once again, I don't know if we've yet to have an episode, Your Honor, Rebecca, where you're the only person who's seen the movie we're talking about. 
I'd have to go back and check, but yeah, there's been a bunch Newsies. that I'm like, I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good movies. You guys, if you're listening to this, check one out. Go and, yeah, and yeah. find a movie Please, if you're listening, there. please <laughs> watch a movie, for the love of God. <laughs> We're here to plug it. If you haven't seen any movies and you're on oh, episode you're 160 of this podcast. <laughs> you're going to love it. You are being held prisoner. That uh, And go check out Prisoners. It's a good movie right. as well. Um, oh, that movie's fucked up. It's crazy. Yeah. That is, someone once asked me, uh, I, no, I don't remember, but they were just like, is is all good acting yelling and i then i started thinking about it and i'm like i don't think it is but i think all great performances have some yelling like i'm like listing like movies and that's like one of them where i'm like hugh jackman in this movie yeah and i was like he doesn't yell and they're like he's in the car screaming i'm like he is in the car screaming and i'm like god i can't where's a good one where they don't yell it's either a comedy or they're yelling even doubt every philip seymour Hoffman movie he's like yelling at somebody and he's crushing it he's the best yeller of all time yeah um even like Punch drunk love. He's in like so little of it, but when he's screaming at him to get out of like the when he finally tra- Santa finally tracks him down, he starts screaming. I'm like, how's he so much better at yell? Along came Polly. He yells and he's funny. Magnolia. This is the part in the movie where you do the thing. Oh, the master. So yes, I uh, yeah. had to. Okay, we will end. I had to. <laughs> okay, I did sorry. this show called. Um, the Lost Culturistas do a show called I Don't Think So, Honey. And it's basically like live uh, sort of ranting and doing what they do on their podcast. And I drew Amy Adams to like rant about. Sure. And my, I, she's my favorite. She's my Poison favorite Ivy actress. Yep. And my whole rant was that she needs to demand she has, she has to retroactively get an Oscar. Because anyone who uh, gives a handjob to Philip Seymour Hoffman should get an award for it. <laughs> <laughs> especially then. Now it would be weird. But especially then. Sure. Um, <laughs> Marissa Tomei. She yeah. had doggy style sex to the opening of Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. I know. Oh that's a God, fun that's movie to watch with your parents because uh, you it heard it was good quick. and you like Philip Seymour Hoffman. And then yeah. you turn it on on like on demand on Comcast and that is happening. I yeah. watched that movie like days after he died and it was not the vibe. I was like, this is really good, but I'm not in the right headspace to watch this. No. This yeah. is really with fucked that up. Title, with that title, who would have thought it might like, not be a I, light, easy watch? What was I thinking? <laughs> I was like, this isn't. He's like doing heroin and like he it's like it was yeah. too close to home. Yeah. I'm just like, I got to turn this off. It's dark. We, but I, he was in so many movies and I wish he was in so many more movies. Agreed. Yeah. Um, agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, we Rest had that peace. real uptick there a few minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Go to DanielVanKirk.com and check out everything. Uh, and thank you for listening to the podcast, everybody. Have a good day. Boom. Star Avenue. A podcast. <clears throat> A podcast network.